Ezekiel chapter 34. Ezekiel chapter 34. And uh, I'm going to talk tonight, uh, my heart tonight. And uh, we're over here in Ezekiel chapter 34 tonight. And uh, I, uh, when I come into churches, I try to, of course, I didn't get really, preacher and I, we, we, he knows what I'm at. And I know where he's at. And I know what he stands for. And uh, I don't have to check the weather. I hate going to churches where I got to check the weather when I come there. I said, do you still believe this? You still believe, be surprised they're changing out there. Amen. And most churches are getting quiet. I like some noise. I, I like babies crying and, and uh, well, not really, but I like them crying. And uh, I like noise. And the Bible said about, and, uh, about Jesus over in the gospel, there was noise that he was in the church. And I ought to get noisy about what, about your salvation in Christ. You're getting too quiet. And I call them sweater people, you know, hi, I'm a nice person. I sweater guys, you know, and uh, from college with a big emblem on the chest. And uh, but I, I, uh, I'm going to appreciate my heart tonight about seven things to do in your Christian life. And if you're breathing, you're reachable. That was Lester Roloff's motto. And uh, I used to see him go preaching to jail. One time he called me up and said, Jack, I want you to bring 20 cases of uh, 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 apples to the, uh, to the jail. I said, what do you want me to do with them? I can't get them in. He said, boy, I'm going to preach today in the jail. I want you to bring some apples. So I did what the preacher said. I was about 21 years old, you know, knucklehead and just buzzing around Corpus Christi and had about 20 guys with me. And I said, boys, we got to take the, the brother off was in jail at that time, serving a sentence, a five-day sentence. And sure enough, he was on, the, on top of a picnic uh, bench in, in the jail there, steel, uh, steel table. He was on a broadcast with his bare feet, pant leg rolled up in a, in a, in a uh, jumpsuit there, the jail put on you. And he's up there doing a radio broadcast. Come on in, Brother Jack. We're in jail having a broadcast. And I brought in 20 cases of apples. And uh, so how did you get those apples in there? He led the sheriff to Christ. He led the undersheriff to Christ. He led the tank boss to Christ. He had about seven men that he'd been going to the same jail for 30 years. And he led a lot of people to Christ in that jail. And so when they, uh, when he had to go to jail for, for the state for five days, they let him, they let him sleep in the, in the, in the jail. They had that, uh, a tier three beds. And, but his day off, he had a day office. He came here, let me show you my office. I said, you got an office in jail. I said, man, I'm Brother Roloff. I, I make things happen. And I opened this door. He had a bunk bed. He had a TV in there. Oh, yeah, hello. And uh, uh, a TV, a radio, and a refrigerator for his juice. He had juice in there. He had carrot juice and watermelon juice. He said, boy, if you got, when you got it, you got it. Amen. He said, get out of here. I got to take a nap. And, uh, but that was, that was the day I made it. I put all that in my book called Every Day a Diary. I'm writing uh, my, my life story and so forth. And I uh, just want to put a lot of bit, tidbits in there. But my, it ain't going to be a a mudslinging book is going to be an encouraging book on hurt and healing and uh, so forth. And so uh, every day a diary. A lot of people I met, a lot of stuff about my dad. And uh, my dad got saved. As I told you this morning, died singing, when the rollers call up yonder, I'll be there. And I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't hear the Lord praise. I heard him cussed out every day. But when, my, when I got saved and my family got saved, that stuff stopped. And, uh, we, and so forth. So I'm over here in the uh, Ezekiel uh, chapter 34 today, uh, this morning today. And I want to be a blessing to you tonight. I won't preach long. Uh, not as long as Paul did. Amen. And uh, hold on. I got, my, I got the wrong chapter here. Oh, what did I do with it? Uh, no, hold on. Hold the phone, Adrian. I, I thought I had it all lined out for me. Made a mistake. First mistake I made in the ministry in a long time. Uh, Genesis, Exodus, uh, Ezekiel. And... Uh, I said that one time, some guy kept looking and looking. I said, hey, man, you better just open it up. Look like you know where you're at, okay? And, uh, but uh, 
So here we go. Ezekiel chapter uh, 34. And uh, it's going to, I'm trying to encourage you tonight. And so I'm going to preach my heart to you tonight. And I'm an evangelist. I drive a van and uh, a small van. And, uh, but I, uh, I want to finish my race with fervency. I don't, I don't want to quit. I may have to slow down a little bit, but I know guys our age. I mean, good night. They, uh, they're about ready to go to heaven and so forth. That's why I'm taking all this weight off and so forth. Look, I eat good. Don't think I don't, don't feel sorry for me because I don't, I eat good. I don't eat no junk food. That's all. And so I know, uh, I know some good stuff to eat. Now roll off. Mm-mm. Uh, he used to try to get you to eat all kinds. I said, hey, Brother Wolf, I can't, I can't do it. It won't go down, man. It won't go down. And, uh, of course, I weighed 215 back then. My left leg weighs that much now. And, uh, but uh, he, would, he would drink his juice. And, but he ate good. Preacher ate good and so forth. But uh, uh, we used to catch about the total pasture today. We used to catch on a bad night at the lighthouse. We caught about 500 pounds of speckled trout. Now, not five fish. 500 pounds. We catch, we used to catch shrimp about like that, the jumbo shrimps and about a thousand pieces tonight. Now you can't do that tonight. New world orders kicked in and you only catch about 10 a day or something like that. But when I was there in the seventies, it was, uh, it was just who's ever down in the coast. It was just open house and we would sell that fish. And uh, a lot of times I'd go to town and uh, you know, they try to, uh, you ever eat, uh, uh, <laughs> you ever eat uh, Def Smith? It's called Def Smith peanut butter. It take a, a, a chisel to eat it. And uh, that was health, health peanut butter. Well, I'd stop in town to get about two cases of, uh, you know, uh, peanut butter, peanut pan. I bring it down by the cases. The guys thought they would uh, die and go to heaven. And I bring rich crackers and uh, just uh, fig newtons, and real, real good stuff, peanut butter, uh, candy bars, and so forth. And that's where I grew up at in the ministry. I was uh, 21 years old. I stayed there until I was about 24. Never probably should have left. But that's where I joined the ministry of reconciliation. The word ministry means serving. And so uh, tonight I'm going to try to encourage you tonight and uh, I'm preaching on, I'm going to preach a message called the purpose of the church. And I'm telling you, it's uh, uh, some of these churches to go to. I can't wait to get out of there. I mean, I've enjoyed myself today. It took me to a nice, uh, a nice home. I told the folks, this ain't a house. This is a new women's dorm here. And, uh, but it's a joy to be here with you. And I thank God for you. And I can all, always want to be a friend of your pastor. And anytime he needs me, all he's got to do is call me and let me know. Or we'll get over here for you. So uh, I'm going to speak to you and I'm going to, I'm going to get on the road tonight and head about three hours. I got a motel waiting on the road and I want to get home uh, in the morning and uh, go from there. So pray for us. And uh, if I can help in anybody, boys, girls, men and women, I place them all. And by the way, I never send nobody to a place that I haven't been. I go check it out. You hear what I said? I go, uh, well, who else do you, uh, sometimes I, I, I place preachers. I probably placed about 30 pre- pastors. I'll never tell you their name. I don't do that. I was known on the streets as a guy that didn't talk. You don't, talk, you don't live long on the street talking too much. I tell people I'm Baptist Mafia. Okay. I don't forget. I'll get you in Jesus name, you know? And so, uh, uh, so, but hey, man, you'll catch that when you get home. You got to keep a sense of humor. You go nuts out there, especially these crazy truck drivers, man. They're nuts. They are. They're a little different. Come on. Hello. Hello. And, uh, so forth. Um, uh, look over here, Ezekiel chapter, uh, it's all good. Come on up here, uh, about verse number Ezekiel 13, uh, uh 34. Come on about verse number thir- 11. For thus saith the Lord, behold, I will both search my sheep and seek them out. God, God is not a Calvinist. He's going to go after him. John Calvin thinks that the, there's a limited amount and you don't mess with him. Well, I'm not a Calvinist. Verse 12. A shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he's among the sheep that are scattered. So will I seek out my sheep and I will deliver them out of the places where they have been scattered all over the cloudy of the dark day. 
I will say this to you. The Jews left Israel. They're all over the world. One day they're coming back to the homeland. And God's got fishers and hunters to get them out to go back. That day is getting close. They're going back. The king's coming back. I guarantee you. Uh, and and if, you, if you knew what was going on in Israel, there was an excitement over there right now. A missionary told me the other day that he hadn't heard in about 30 years. They, they know there's something in the air in Israel. Something's fixing to take place. Hmm. Whoo, I'm going to run in a minute. Come on now, I'll, I'll do hot wheels, amen, for Jesus. Verse 13, I will bring them out of from the people and gather them from the countries, here we go, and will bring them to their own land, that's, going, that's coming up soon, and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in all the habits and places of the country. I will feed them in good pastures. There won't be no more Hitlers. Hello. I will feed them in good pastures, and upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be, they shall be in a good live fold, and in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. Verse 15, I will feed my flock, and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. Verse 16, I will seek that which was lost. I will bring again that which is driven away. I will bring up to that which is uh, broken. I will strengthen that which was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong, and I will feed them with judgment. Father, I want to thank you for your goodness. I want to thank you, Lord, for the church, Landmark Baptist Church. I want to thank you for uh, uh, Pastor Munching, his dear wife, and enjoying having fellowship with him today. And, and Lord, just uh, get, really get to talk about the work much and ministry, but Lord, we enjoyed each other. And Lord, I want to thank you for these young folks. Keep these girls clean. Keep them away from the stinking world and goofy boys. I pray, Lord, you uh, bless the guys and keep them away from goofy girls out in that world. I pray that you help me be a blessing to your people now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And uh, I got to watch myself because I, I see so much changing out there and I get to ad libbing, but I, I come here to preach, not to teach church. I teach, uh, I teach my guys Greek. I teach my guys church history. I teach them uh, uh, problems, in, uh, problems in the ministry. I teach stuff on the family. And if I can't do it, I bring in people to get them. I, uh, I, I want my guys to learn things. I want them to learn something. I remember one little boy, if you remember a little peewee out of the norm in Alabama, and he looked at me one day and said, hey, Brother Jack, don't you forget me. So I got to go home every morning, and, and when I go to school, I see my mom and dad snorting coke in the, in, in the living room. Don't you forget me. I've never forgot him. I've never forgot him. Little peewee, a big old eye. We used to call him Froggy. He had to talk like Froggy on the little rascals. Hey, how you doing? But I, I remember those guys. I remember their voices. I remember their eyes. Uh, God, God laid a great truth. And what he's talking about here is about uh, 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 fixing things. And so I'm going to talk to you about the purpose of the church tonight. I think God takes the church and God likens the church to a hospital. Uh, this is not a morgue. I like one guy said, I got a dead church. He said, yeah. I said, the morgue is a, I said, you guys got a dead church. You got, uh, you got a place where people are just sitting up. They're dead. And, uh, but it's a, it's a dead church. But I think the church ought to be the most liveliest church in a place in the world. Uh, you bird babies here. You get married. You get married. You have babies. You have families and you live. You got to live here and die here at the church and, uh, and, and uh, function around the church. I love the church. I go to churches and I mean, some are dead. Some are alive and I'm not charismatic. There's not an ounce of charismatic pastor inside my blood. It's not there. Now I get happy. I get, oh, I get real happy. I enjoy it. I get to shouting it out and, and give, give things away. My wife said, don't get too happy before you get home. Check with me. I'm the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and uh, so forth. So she's a, she's a Kentucky girl. She got four syllables and hello, amen. And, uh, but God likens the church, the, the church, uh, uh, Ezekiel 34 to the church. I'm going to give you about five things tonight. We'll go to the house. That sounds real good, but you ain't 
ain't getting out in about a half hour and uh, so forth. And I, uh, but I, I've tried to get my guys, when they get saved, I don't just leave them there just because they're saved. I do something, I get them to do, I get them to grow. And a lot of times we're, we're leading someone to Christ and then doing nothing else with them. Am I doing all right? Dun, 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 dun. Come on. And you can say, man, this is Baptist church. I think when you, when you uh, win them, uh, let them to Christ, you got to get them in church, find a call to pastor. I try to get a, a pastor. Hey, I just led this guy to Christ. Uh, what's your name again? And uh, give him his name, his phone number, his address. I try to make connection to that local church. I'm talking about out of town. I'm talking about at the motel. I'll call a local pastor. And by the way, I've already called two local pastors where this girl's going to, where she works at the motel to come and see her. I got a call from one of them. Well, the other one hadn't called me back yet. I'm out, the, I'm out after them. I, and I'm, I'm going to show you something here tonight going to bless you. My voice, is, my voice is getting dry, but I, I have to, may have to do sign language. You know, go get them. <laughs> okay. But uh, look at that text again, verse 16. I will seek that which is lost. I will bring again that which is uh, uh, driven away. I will bind up that which is broken. I will strengthen that which was sick. And I will destroy the father of the strong and I will feed them with judgment. I know he's talking about the nation of Israel. I'm telling you, a text without a context is a pretext. I don't know what that means, but it sounds good. And, uh, but I explained to you the context is God's going to restore Israel. But tonight I'm applied to the Christian life. And I'm going to give you those things tonight. But the church is, uh, the church is a hospital. The church is a hospital. And that's why you come in that front door and you come and get some oxygen. That preacher's trying to, trying to encourage you and, and talk to you and trying to encourage you to breathe and get some, uh, get some air back in your lungs and give you a chance to grow. And, and you get wounded out in that word, world and all week long you got to hear the world talk smutty and filthy. And you come to church, man, you want to hear Jesus Christ be lifted up. And uh, that's what the church ought to be to you. It ought to be inside your home. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord. Uh, that song like 1914, those uh, roll off kids down there, they didn't memorize verses, they memorized chapters of the word of God. Roloff had a girl one time said, whoever does Psalm 119, I'll give you 50 bucks. It was back in the 70s. Had five girls memorize Psalms 119. And they quoted them at church, not all five at one time. Amen. And uh, I, 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 I mean, it was good. Uh, you ought to be surprised. My guys will come in. They can't even talk right. They'll come in and learn to learn that. One guy told me, he said, Brother Jack, singing has helped my talking and my thinking in my heart. It is. I said, it's cleaning up, it's cleaning up your hard drive. You hear what I'm saying? The word of God will clean up your mind. Get rid of that filthy word. You got to uh, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. That's why the guys on the street, the girls, they, uh, they don't know how to talk. They're just going to talk to please their friends. Why do you always want to try to impress somebody you don't like with money you don't have? That's the world out there. But man, when you get saved and trust Christ, you grow in grace. You try to, you go in and, 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 you, and you show somebody that you're not the same person no more. And then they don't believe it. Then they're going to try to set you up, try to test you. They did that to me a little bit down in, uh, down in Florida. I had to set them straight real fast. I said, look, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I work with you, but I'm not a punk. I was a man before I got saved. I'm a man now. I'm not a wuss because I'm a, oh, I'm a Christian. No, God, you're going to be a man. Be a man. 
Uh, be, a, be a nice feminine piece of a lady. And uh, I, I, I'm tired of seeing a bunch of butchers trying to act like men in this world. Amen, Amen Brother Jack. Good preaching. Amen. I'll take a, I'll take a well. I'm, I'm, if I can't run, I'll pour it to one of you guys. You just got to take a lap for me, okay? And uh, But this, this nation is crumbling. I mean, the boys are feminine. They're, you look at the boys. They got earrings everywhere. Why would you want to put earrings in your ear? I understand it. And you talk like a sissy. No, boy, I don't know. Now, do what? I, I get right and say, hey, hey, boy, talk like a man. Well, well what do you want me to say? <laughs> I'm going to say, watch out because I'm going to deck you. And uh, I'll make sure you ain't a little funny, you know, a little cakey and so forth. And uh, But I bring those guys and say, boys, you got to talk like them. Pull them britches up. Pull them britches up. They, you ain't sagging here, baby. This ain't sagging all. And uh, so forth. And uh, I get them in there and, and, and the girls want to act like a butch and so forth. And then and with the word, when, the, when the word of God comes in and the word of God comes in, you start seeing them to turn. Amen. And don't, I, I don't make fun of them. I, I cut up with them. They make fun of me. I make fun of them. But have fun with them. They know I love them. Love people where they are, not where they're supposed to be. Then you want to put them in a box. Well, oh, you shouldn't do that. Well, then show them how to live. Show them how to do things. Spend some time on them. Hey, what are y'all doing for lunch? We're going to take you for lunch today. And to take a family, to, well, you know, take them out and buy them a tank of gas. She bought tires on the car. Buy them tires. I do that every week. Every week. So, but Jack, why are you telling them? That's the way I operate with people. Got it. It's hard for them to cuss you out buying them Popeye chicken. Love that chicken from Popeye. Yeah, come on now. I go over there to Popeye chicken by the rescue mission, and I mean, I, I don't eat the, I can't eat the chicken because all that, but I love those beans, man. Oh, God. Oh, and some jalapeno may change your life. More ways than one. Amen. And I get over there, and I'm over there eating my chicken or whatever I'm eating. Here come about four people. Hey, man, you got any extra chicken over there? I said, no, if you sit right there on that ground, I'll come back back. I said, I'm going to talk to you about something. I've led many a people to Christ feeding them some food. Columbus, Ohio. Columbus is worse than Detroit. That's how wicked it is. I go down to rescue mission. Brother Job's got that mission there. After Rose married us. She married to one of the preacher's uh, son. Married a boy out of PBI, finally. I said, God bless you, girl. Grow in grace. Amen. Move on with your life. And they, uh, uh, daddy runs the men's home, and they got a rescue mission now uh, for, the, for the girls out in Dressler, Ohio. And Brother Beecher was, uh, was under Jimmy Hood. Jimmy Hood's been there 40 years. Jimmy passed along. And they gave it to a young kid in the church that never smoked and never drank, and they asked him to run the rescue mission. He was the, it was the right choice. I figured you'd find a guy like Jack Patterson been out in that world. No, he didn't. He found a kid that grew up in Sunday school, and he's doing good. He's doing good. I, told him, I call him D.O. Moody. He's a little short, chubby guy. Don't tell him I said that. He's a little, little, little fat side. And, uh, excuse me, fully upholstered. Excuse me, okay? And, uh, but God's using him. God's using him. And why? Hey, the church is a hospital. You've got to get out of your mind. The church is something. No, it's a hospital. That's where sick people come and get healed. I mean, it, it's, uh, they need oxygen. They need a shot. They need encouragement. They need good food. Oh, yeah, we've got to work on the hospital on that one. Hospital food is nasty. How I many agree with that? Hey, woo! I oppose no when it's carried. Amen. <laughs> I, I went there when I got sick and this operation, man, and I, I woke up and I said, oh, what's for breakfast? Oh, I didn't know. It, it, was, it was moving on my plate. It was so nasty. I said, I told my wife, she said, now, Jack, you'd be a nice guy in there and you come on, you'd be a good testimony for Jesus. I said, I will, honey. Get out of here quick. <laughs> I, got, I got people coming by to see me. They're bringing me Big Macs. They're bringing me uh, Egg McMuffins in a bag, you know, cover the bag in Jesus' name, you know. Oh, I, I had, remember I was a con on the streets, but I know how to get things. And uh, I remember one night a, a girl called me. She said, Brother Parrish, we're going to 
me and my husband are going to come see you. I said, where are y'all coming from? I said, we're over. I said, can you bring me a chef salad with some blue cheese and with some extra egg and ham? And so you're supposed to be sick. Oh, I'm going to get well when that food comes in with you. And I was in there for about three weeks. Oh, my goodness. I had everybody. I had everybody bringing me stuff. And I had books to read. And then I, I brought in 140 gospel tracts in that hospital. Guess how many tracts I took home? None. Hey. And you're afraid of the Muslims. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I didn't know what the man ain't supposed to do that. I'd do it to irritate him. You look like a Muslim. Guy with a beard right there. And, uh, hey, uh, and, uh, hey, salami. How you, so me, so me. And, uh, and, the, and the doctors come in there and said, oh, Mr. Patterson, what, what does this mean? That you can be saved and know it. What does that mean? I said, you can be saved and know it, doc. Can, can, can I have one? Take as many as you want. Can, I'm going to take three, give one to my friends. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Be, treat people right. I treat them right. And uh, I had nurses come in. Hey, you got any more of that chicken left? Yeah, I had some sometimes stashed away. I had a closet over there and, and all my dry goods. I had shelves of cookies, crackers, uh, uh, Campbell's soup in the can. Amen. You got to use your head of woodpecker does. Amen. And I had all, and I, my, my wife wanted to take me home. She said, where did all that food come from? I said, I, have, I don't give out my resources. I, I keep those to myself. Amen. And I told some guys that always, you don't bring me no stinking food. I'm going to charge you double what you owe me. But, uh, but that's where I come out of that hospital. I led about four people to Christ. One night I had a girl work on me. She was kind of little. I didn't know what part was Adam, what part was Eve. You know, I, I didn't know. And, uh, and she said, she said, you don't like me, do you? I said, yeah. She said, well, you know, I'm different. Really? Really? Wow. I, I never sensed that. And she said, well, you know, I, I, I am gay. No, really? And I said, yeah, I detected you're a little different there. And uh, she said, I like you, Reverend. I said, I'm not a Reverend, but I, I know what you're saying. And I said, why do you like me? She said, you're real. I come in here, you're just real. I said, well, you know, I don't, I don't want you to have to guess what I, what I believe in. Amen. She said, I don't agree with what you agree, but I like your delivery. I like, I like what, how, you, how you stand for what you believe in. Most preachers, that's what she, this is what she told me. She said, most preachers come in here and they hide. They, Christians, rather. Christians, they come in here and hide. They don't want to talk about nothing. They just want to get out of the hospital and complain. I didn't complain one time. I thought about it, but I didn't say it. And take in, you got to go to shower. And there's nothing, there's nothing decent about it at a hospital. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You know, God, forgive me, you know. And the gopher, I led about eight people to Christ. Two of them were Muslims. You mean to tell me, Pastor Jack, if, if I trust Christ, I, I, I won't go to hell? It went like that. I won't go to hell? No, that's what the Bible says. Quit saying it's what you say. That's what the Bible says. Amen. That God puts a spirit around you, Ephesians 4.30, and you're sealed until the day of redemption. They start crying. And they tell other doctors. And that's why all the other doctors come in. They wanted those gospel tracts. But I wasn't an idiot during the week when I, weeks that I was there. I got up and they told me to get up. Oh, my goodness. And, man, you talk about the pain. Oh, my goodness. Then they got to make you walk down the aisle with a, with a walker and that, and that pain. How many ever had spine surgery? Anybody like that? And, and, and can, can I get any comfort in here? Any, anybody plead with me this morning? I mean, and two nerves jumped off my, my spine. They had to put the zip them back in there. And, uh, but uh, I didn't complain one time. My wife come in and check on me. She's bringing me here a little stash. You know, I had you know, a good wife. Say, man, I, I got to take care of them new dresses I sell over. She said, you owe me three dresses now. You know, I said, all right, I'll take care of you. But I'm telling you, the church is a hospital. The church is a hospital. And uh, when, uh, when people mess up their lives and break their life, there ought to be the place right here that welcomes them back and get right with God. And that's what I want to talk to you tonight briefly. 
and uh, the purpose of the church, the purpose of a church. And far too many churches are uh, uh, social clubs, sorority clubs, and uh, making money, selling and buying. You hardly ever hear the gospel anymore. Now, now they're cutting out Sunday night services, cutting out uh, 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 after Sunday school. And uh, that's why our country's going to hell. The churches has gotten cold. And when they get cold, they fold. They fold up and they change the name. I love it when they change the name of their church. You know, you follow the bouncing ball church and no longer Baptist. Now I'm a Baptist. I'm not a brider. I'm a Baptist though. Yeah. I, I don't believe Jesus was a brider. I believe he was the son of God, but I'm a Baptist. I uh, believe in uh, salvation by grace, eternal security of the believer, inheritance of the scriptures and your ba- water baptism by immersion. I'm not a Catholic. I don't sprinkle babies. And I talk, I, I've talked to many a priest about salvation. He said, Jack, you, you're a very knowledgeable man. I said, I read the Bible. <laughs> Duh, read the Bible. So how long do you read your Bible? Read it until it reads you. Just read it until God speaks to you. Did you read your Bible today? You ought to read your Bible once a year, at least once a year. That's only a contract on your salvation. I was doing all right. I, said, I hate when these guys do this down stuff. I was doing all right. I don't care if we're doing all right. I'm still going to preach to you. But your Bible's your contract. God said, you trust me, I'll take it to heaven, you'll never burn. Now, why won't I read that over and over again? I want to, I want to, tell me more of Jesus Christ, my Savior. Tell me more. Woo, I want to hear about, tell me about heaven. Tell me about my sins will never come back. Tell me how God's great and God's going to give you a gift to serve him. He's going to give you a gift of eternal life. Man, I want to read that all I can. Then he tells you from Genesis, in the beginning, the revelation the revealed to you how God uh, you, uh, uh, made, us, uh, made us out of dirt. Guys, that's where you come from. Come out of dirt. And, you're go- and but we're going to be out of here, brother. We're going to be out of here soon. The absence of the body, presence of the Lord. We're going home. We got a seal upon our soul that ain't coming off until the rapture. Amen. We're getting out of here. But until we're here, we got work to do. You got work to do. Quit leaving the, t- the church work to the pastor to do everything. Yeah. It won't be long. He'll be sitting down a couple more years. But you know what still keep moving? His mind and his heart. His mind and heart. Why don't somebody do it? Why don't somebody get with it? I hear him talk. A lot of times I, I listen to what preachers are not saying when they talk. And so I'm going to give you about five things tonight. And I'd like, I like to, uh, the, the church ought to be a hospital. Number two, the church ought to be a recruiting station. And I come, you ought to come in. When young men come in here, uh, I'm, uh, I like to, uh, when the guys come to my church, I got about five guys. They're all brothers. And we got them preaching on the street, passing out tracks. And two of them are going to go into town next week. They want to be my driver. I said, well, let me see how good you are. I said, you guys got to bring your pajamas. You get your own room. It's going to be my, I don't leave them by myself. I get a joining room in the motel. I just want to teach them how to, how to, how to just, uh, how to live the Christian life on the road. They, they want to do They want to go in the ministry. They're, in, they're 18, 19 years old. I knew them, known them since they're 12. They want to do something with their life. Amen. Some of you girls want to check out some guys, check out Silver Lane Baptist Church. There's some good guys up there. Fervent. They save money. They give the missions. They pray and they, they work real jobs. They get a portion of their money. They want to, I want my money to go overseas for mission fields. The pastor trained them that way. That's real with us. It ought to be real with you. Well, I'm just an old country bumpkin. Well, then be that all your life. I was just a city thug, but I ain't no more. I'm not no more. I used what I used to be, but not no more. But I still remember it. Oh, let me tell you something. The church is a recruiting station. Uh, the church hospitality, church, church ought to be a boot camp. 
to train you and, and to gear you up and to, uh, and to get going. Uh, church is a training session. The church ought to be a Bible college. The church ought to be a rescue mission. Uh, the church ought to be a Sunday school. The church ought to be a battle station. The church ought to be missionary endeavors to get you to go to the mission field and think about it. I remember two guys back years ago, preacher, and uh, uh, back in about the, probably about the 1700s, they were called the Moravian Brethren. They were the Baptists of the day. They had money. They worked the whole year. They told their mom and dad, he said, we're going to sell, this is what the book said, we're going to sell ourselves in the slavery and take the money and give it to my parents. But we're going to go to the mission field as a slave. There were two brothers. True story in church history. Now, 17 years old back then is about 30 years old now because they definitely dumb it down. That's, that's what I'm about. You got you to see me in chapel when I bring these guys in about four or five days after they've been there, maybe a couple of weeks. I'll let them get relaxed and get their haircuts and shave and get the clothes ready in their bunks and looking good, finding themselves. Then all of a sudden, it's time to start going to work. Dun, da, da, dun. I become Rocky Balboa. Dun, da, da, dun, da, da, dun, 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 dun. Okay, guys, you're going to start working. You're going to start passing out tracks. And they, they just look at me. Hey, man, I come here to get off of drugs. I said, no, you come here to learn how to live for God. I go after him, we go after him, we go after him. And about a, about a month later, some guy said, Brother Jack, he said, you know, I've been trying to go to sleep. I just can't go to sleep. Because, man, I want to do something in my life. And he'll come back to me about three more, four more times. I, I thought about Eli. I said, uh, I said, I think the Lord called you to go somewhere. A young man went to PBI and became a missionary. I pulled him out of jail, Pensacola Bible Institute. Sent, I sent many of them. I probably sent about 50 kids from the streets to Bible college. And about 40 of them graduated. I don't beat them up. I lift them up. You're just a stinking dopehead. You're goofy and you're wrong when you treat your kids that way. I say, hey, man, you need to get off that stuff. Come on, we need you on the front line. Encourage them. Get them on the front line. Get on the front line. You know what was in the back of the line? That's where the chuck wagons are at. Did you not know that they'd shoot from off the wall? The closer you get to the wall on the battlefield, you're going to get hit. But just in case you get through that line, you're going to get some spoils. Those stories are all through the Old Testament. And I teach my guys to stay at the front line. I said, you better have a shield of faith uh, taking fighting off the fiery darts of the wicked. Teach these girls to stay stay away from punky boys. Teach the girls to stay away from sissy guys. And teach them how to uh, find out. The, uh, do you go to church? Yo, you want my phone number? I uh, want you to ask my father. When she asked my grand, hey, come on, I say, amen, amen. Uh, well, you, want, you want my phone number? Ask my mother. Ask my aunt. A- aunt everybody got an aunt Wilma. She looked like she's half mama, you know, Gertrude, you know, big big mama. And it's over. They're not Jack slap you. I got some mama's ladies. I'm afraid of them, man. Jack, Jack, get over here. I ain't coming over your stinking house. Get me. I went over there one time and <laughs> about four in the morning, they come banging on the door. Hey, get out of the bed. Get, we were all about, had about 15 guys there, guys and girls. I said, what? I'm in the other room. I'm a, I said, I said, Karen, what's going on? I don't know. You stay in bed. I'm going to go check. Uh, you, maybe you got to go check it out. I'll stay in bed. And uh, I went out and checked it out. They're, they needed 10 people to go uh, work in the hog barn. I said, yeah, my kids love to go. Well, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went. They said we had the most fun in our lives working those hog pens. They come in that night. We're working in the other, other Amish places. Remember, they built me four buildings, 100000 apiece. Never charged me a dime. Am I right? They built them in Alabama. Now I got an Air Force base. What are you doing now, Brother Charles? What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm busy helping people. 
I got an Air Force base, got a hold of me. I had it years ago. I gave it to another ministry. They sold it. The other owner got it back. He said, give it to Jack Patterson. He'll know what to do with it. See, that's trust. Can people trust you with things? Can God trust you with things? It's got 25 houses. It's got four dormitories. It's got a, it's got a gymnasium. It's got two cafeterias. I told Karen, she said, if you want to go, let's go. That's the wife I got. I said, I got to get my legs back. Yeah, you do. I want to be, uh, you know, Fred Astaire Jr. tap dancing. I don't have those legs yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm you got to see me. I walk in my house. I got a riding bike. I'm about Rocky Balboa. And I'm trying to get it back. Come on, have a sense of humor. Don't lighten up on me. Don't die on me. And I get out there. So well, you're funny. I, you, I laugh at you. Well, I laugh at you. I want my legs back, but if not, you know, I just get around. Jam. I used to box, jam. I mean, did all that stuff. But I ain't done yet. I'm going to stay in this chair. I'll, I'll keep going. I'll keep going. I'm going to train me some young men to get out there. I want to teach them, hey, the purpose of the church is a, is a hospital. Give people time to get well. The guys come in off dope. I don't mess with them. They come in. I mean, I, you'd be surprised how many pastor's sons I've had in the work. Pastor's daughters. Prostitutes. I never tell you. I never told my staff. I didn't want them to know. Ain't none of their business. Uh, what are you in here for? Oh, none of your business. Oh, you, you did a bad thing. <laughs> I t- <laughs> and I told my kid, you don't tell them nothing. I don't want them to know what you used to be. I've had some girls come in there. They were gay girls. One of them worked at McDonald's or Burger King. She said, uh, Brother Jack, this, this girl kept doing hitting on me, hitting on me, hitting on me, hitting on me. And I, I was just a frail little girl, and I went out with her. And uh, she said, uh, you, what you preach today has preached every ounce of homosexuality out of me. Hello. And she never brought it up again. Man, when they get right, quit picking a sore. You can say amen. Come on, come on, come on now. Don't die on me. I ain't done yet. No, you ain't getting out of here that early. Uh, what are you saying, preacher? Preacher, Hey, the church ought to be a Sunday school. Church ought to be a ballot station. Church ought to be a missionary endeavor. Hey, going to China. Hey, going to, going to Africa. Hey, you're right there, right there, right there. right. That's the fervency of this pulpit. I want to see you do something with your life. You got your soul taken care of. Now let's do something with our Christian lives. That's what I'm about. Let's have some fun. I am not a stick in the mud. I have fun. I'll trip you walking. Uh, I, I, I mean, I have more fun with, on the streets. With, I have more fun with guys on the streets than doing churches sometimes. Because they know they're an idiot. Uh, I mean, the church guy, but the guys on the street. And man, they were out there, you know, one guy was sleeping under the bench. And I brought him a pillow. I said, hey, man, I went to Walmart, brought you a pillow. And when, you know, he told me, hey, man, I don't like this kind. Give me another one. I said, shut up, boy, use that stinking pillow. And, and uh, I, I remember one time I got something from uh, a coffee from somebody. He wanted me to get one at the star. He wanted a Starbucks. But why those thinking poor people want the rich stuff? They want, they want the best. I went, I went down and got that sucker a cup of Starbucks coffee. He started crying. He said, preacher, I was just going to see if he's going to do it. But you took your time. I said, yeah, and $5. Five dollars. Five dollars, sucker. The buy you was thinking coffee. You know, foo-foo latte, yep, double shot. I don't understand the name. All, the, all, all I know is black and cream and sugar. Don't give me all these names about double shot, laco, mote, kin, hote, and hute. I don't know it all. And uh, that guy started crying. He said, you know what, preacher? I need to hang around you more often. He said, you make me feel like a Christian. They've been beat down all their lives. I'm talking to you people. They've been beat down all their lives and made fun of. I had, I had, a, I had some... Uh, I probably shouldn't tell you this. A lot of things I shouldn't tell you. That's all right. Don't tell nobody all the night. I was down there with Joe Hicks. It's real tender. I'll keep it clean. 
about three in the morning. Down there, Pat Joe Hicks is an animal. He's an animal for his, his ministry in Detroit. All of been there thirty years on the street. He, he's got one place. You got to be a vet. You got to be a vet to get in this place. And they sleep under a viaduct with blankets, and uh, they got uh, stoves in there and so forth. And you, you 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 have to be a vet to get in there. There's about fifty of them. They've been there about twenty years, living under the viaduct. They got to fix up like an apartment. <laughs> Lights hanging down, speakers, you know everything. Joe was preaching. He said, "Well, Jack, look behind you. There was two guys." Dressed up like girls, but they were boys. I wouldn't talk to them. Yeah, but they're not your kids. That's somebody's little boy. Amen. You think the Lord would talk, would, would talk to them? Sure he would. They walked on by there and they said, hey, sir. Hey, sir. What's that sign mean? What's that sign mean, sir? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I said, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know who was Adam, who was Eve. I said, uh, and, and, and you are who? I said, he, she said, he said, no, we're boys. We're just acting like girls. I said, well, fellas, homeboys. I started laughing with them, cutting up with them. I offered them some food, some drink. It was about, three, about two in the morning on a Friday night in Detroit, about five years ago. That's not in my, my notes. It's in my heart. He said, you know, we're gay. I went, no, really? Really? Hey, you, no, I, I would never get, oh, come on, preacher. Come on. Don't, 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 don't you play me now, preacher. I said, yeah, I know you are. I said, somebody hurt you. And as soon as I said that, tears come down their cheeks. I said, somebody hurt you somewhere. And said, uh, can, can, can we go to heaven? You see, you don't believe in that stuff until it's one of your kids. Or one of your grandkids. Then you have a love for them. Then you'll have a love for them. Oh, a bunch of faggots, some queers. Yeah, okay. Hey, yeah, that's probably what they are. But when it hits home, you get tender with them. Hear the blessed Savior calling the oppressed. Oh, you heavy laden, come to me and rest. Come no longer tarry, I will load you bear. Bring me every burden, bring me every care. Come unto me. No stipulations. Some of my brethren got a, I told, I told one guy, you're a Calvinist. You think God can't forgive every sin? I know we can. Christ died for sinners. Christ died for the ungodly. And if you ain't godly, you ungodly. Christ died for you. Brother Olaf had a bunch of people down there one time. He had some in the home. I said, if they're down here, they're a little different. I just want to know about it. He said, oh, you're spotted. I spotted them down there in the homes. And I loved on them in the, in the Lord and t- t- I trained them. I, had, I said, I'm going to work on two things on, you, on, your, on your mind and your heart and your mouth. And I memorized this and I went after them. I'm not putting up with that. I got them in my family. I got them in my family, both genders. I got guys that think they're girls and girls, and they got that off of television. Shut that sucker off all day. Shut it off. Get you some video. Get, get on the internet and pipe in preaching church at your church. When my, when, uh, when my grandkids come over, we pipe in a bunch of church. Jack Treber's got a uh, KNB, a North Valley Baptist Church free app, 24 hours of Southern gospel music. We leave it on in our home all night long. I get, I get out of here. I get, I'll put on there. I'll get old Archie walking. Some morning you'll find me. I get the little white car doing about 90 miles an hour and uh, so forth. You heard about a lady going down the road because a police officer pulled her over. She said, ma'am, you're speeding. And she said, well, how do you know? I said, you were going real fast. She said, uh, well, you said, uh, how fast was you going? 
And uh, she said, I, do, I, 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 I wasn't doing too fast. And she said, uh, uh, the, well, the, the sign said 95, uh, 95 miles an hour. I said, no, that's Highway 95. She said, I'm glad you didn't catch me on Highway 110. Amen. <laughs> but, I mean, it's out there. And when they left and walked away, they kept looking at, I, I, are you sure if we get saved, we can go to heaven? We can go to heaven? Are you? I said, I'm sure. I'm sure. I gave them the gospel tracks, chick tracks. I walked up and put my arm around both of them. Dressed up like a woman. Two, two young men, about, about 18. That's out there. But they come to church, they get shunned. I don't let them around my kids. They ain't, we're not going, I ain't talking none of that stuff. I'm saying the church ought to be, a, your, your ministry ought to be a hospital. Give time to people, get, get healed. Who it's quiet right there. I see the daggers coming, coming at me. Uh, let me give you, let me give you several things tonight and uh, we'll go to the house. And uh, number one, look at, look at, look at the text. Verse 16. I will seek that which was lost. You want to be, you want to be an effective soul winner. You want to be a, a good Christian by the God's grace. I want to, I want, I want to seek the lost for Jesus Christ. That's my job. I remember one time uh, back in uh, working for brother Roloff, there was an old man. He was a missionary. He was an old missionary. He was about 80 years old. He had plastic nail, uh, elbow cap, plastic kneecap. Name was Ed Williams. And uh, what he was doing, he was, he was uh, uh, retired from Mexico. He, I, I, think he, I think he spent 40 years as a missionary in Mexico. And we were on in Hollingen, Texas at the Roloff home. We had a Peaceful Valley home. Roloff had a home for boys, men, women, girls. And he had a home for young kids. Then he had a home for unwed mothers. Then he had a home for retired people, retired, retired missionaries. There was an old man over there with it, plastic elbow caps, plastic kneecaps. He said, I am not going to let my ministry be done. I'm going to send tracks to all these little villages around, around the cities, around uh, Texas. Yeah. And he said he did over 5,000 envelopes that he paid for himself, 5,000 stamps. And he sealed each one of them, typed, had them all typed up. I walked up to him one time and he was like looking at the clock. And then I said, Brother Patterson, they're going to come, but they're going to come and take my mail. I better hurry up. He was concerned about the souls of men. And he come there and he, he kept, kept going, he kept going, he kept going. I said, Joe, I said, Brother Joe, I said, come on, man. I, I've done that. I mean, I'm like Gilligan. I put a track in a Coke bottle and sealed it up. And he said, oh, you're making fun of me, Brother Patterson. He was getting on me a little bit. He said, let me show you my results of that, what I got back. He looked in there and he had over, 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 over 3,000 returned envelopes that came back that I've trusted Jesus Christ. And thank you for sending me a gospel track. I said, Joe, move over. Let me help you stuff some of them envelopes. Amen. What I'm trying to say tonight, I'm going to seek the loss. You got to go seek them. They, they can't come to you. Go to them. Every man in this church ought to be a soul winner. You want to help that pastor? Uh, bring people to church on Sunday. Bring them. Go get them. Go get them. Go get them. Hey, he don't, he don't need to prog you. He preached to you for four. How long have you been here? 90 years. I'm, I, I get my guys. I, yeah, I, got, I got Greg Pritchard. Pulled him out of jail. Pastor in New York. Evan Sprague comes in the program. Comes out of a mental ward. He's a deacon for Jack Treber out in California. Got him out of the mental ward. You bet him. You say, was it easy? No, it was hard. They get on my nerves. I want to kill him in Jesus' name. You know, and uh, uh, like one boy said, he said, he said, what, are you stabbing people? He said, no, they fall into my knife 37 times and uh, so forth. But some of these guys, they do get on my nerves. They, yeah, I'm, I'm not as patient as you. I'm sorry. But I go after them. I give them a second, third and fourth. I'm saying I want to, a, a real church will go after the lost. Are you going after the lost like you should? Do you carry tracks in your pocket? 
Just take that one piece of paper will keep a family out of hell if they obey it. You know, you know why I'm really going tonight? I probably let the cat out of the bag. I went to the desk the other day and I gave this girl a gospel track and she started crying. Sir, sir, can you come back here to the front desk? I said, yeah, are you okay, ma'am? I said, yeah. I said, I want to talk to you. I said, sure. I got on and I got out of there and had my clothes on and I was in there getting ready to shower and I, I buttoned up my shirt and walked down and said, yes, ma'am, what can I help you? She said, explain this to me. Uh, do you know for sure that if you died today that you'd go to heaven? What does that mean? That I've always wanted to know about heaven. And everybody, she went like this. And everybody said, they went over here, they went over here, they went over here. You know, they're going in circles. I just took the Bible and showed her what the Bible says. And she said, I'd done that. Now, what does that mean? That means your name got written in the land book of life. And God saved you and sealed you. And I said, when did you do that? She said, about a year ago. And I was going through something, and, I, and somebody gave me a piece of paper. And, I, and here I am at Madden. You're the only preacher in a year ever gave, somebody gave me a gospel track. That's, that's, that's a bad testimony. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. The last time I saw this was a year ago. You, you carry gospel tracks in your pockets? Getting quiet in here. You've got to have a purpose about it. Yes, sir. Right. I didn't ask him what to preach on. He never does tell me. He said, just help my people. Help my people. I'm trying to help you tonight. I'm trying to help you how to help the kingdom of God. I'm trying to how to help this church tonight. Just think if, if every family brought one family one year, one, one a year each, you'd double your crowd. Hello? You want to raise, don't you, at work? Don't look at me like a, a look on your face. Uh, can I do that? You get a raise. You hustle for your, you, you hustle for your boss at work to get production. I, I worked in a machine shop for 15 years. Hello? I cleaned out sewers in Gary, Indiana for four bucks an hour. Gary, Indiana, 25 miles of sewers had to get replaced. Guess who was the main operator? J- JP. I'm crawling through them thinking sewers. One day I got three black guys. Black guys are spooky, man. They, they, I laugh at them. They're so funny, but they know how to cook. Man, they brought the collard greens down there. Man, I was their best friend. And uh, white people can't make it, but they can. And we're in Gary, Indiana one night, and there was a hot flash. We tried to get the water pump to shut off, and so they, they, they let it get it going. But a gas can fall down in there, but the flash was coming in the tunnel, and these two guys were in the tunnel, and you can hear them screaming. Well, I knew it was going to be a hot flash. Boop. And they ain't going to burn them. It's going to scare them. Well, it scared them. They almost became white. And they, they were so scared. They're, ah, they're screaming, coming out of the hole. I'm looking like, I'm looking like a cockroach on my back laughing so hard and those two guys got and 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 the, and the flash it only lasted about two seconds whoop and it went out and they got up and hey I, all right man we're bad uh-huh we're bad trying to be cool and that was so funny and i said come here man let me tell you something i scared you yes sir rabbit it sure did i said what, what about if you're in there for eternity you'll never get out so your dad's going there your mother's going there your sister's going there your uncle's going there. Your kids are going there. Your mom and dad are going there. Your neighbors are going there. What are you going to do about it? You going to pray for them? That's cheap. I'm going to pray for them. Hello, from Landmark Baptist Church. I come here and give you, give you something to read about the Lord, give you a gospel track, tell you how to be born again, and, and just be a friend. His car breaks down, help him fix it. Lawnmower is broke, help him fix it. Cut his grass. Be a friend to him. Have a stroke, get some food sent over to the house. Be a friend, be a neighbor. Neighbor means one's that's close. But half of you think, where am I going with it? I'm trying to get you to what somebody did for you. They brought you the gospel. And you're clothed in your right mind in church tonight. I'm not going to finish this thing, but I'm, 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 you know where I'm hitting at tonight. 
John chapter 4, a lady shows up. There's a woman at the well. Bible said she had four husbands, five husbands. Oh, I ain't going to talk to her. She's been divorced. Don't get me started. I'm for, I'm, I hate divorce. I don't like it, but people go through it. And Jesus comes up there, gets a cold drink of water. He, he, he tells her her story. But wait a minute, wait a minute. What, what he did for her, she went to the city and got people to come from to come see a man that told me all ever I did, John chapter 4. Watch it. And the Bible says Jesus stayed two extra days. Can I ask you how long did the church uh, age last? How about 2,000 years? That's a picture of the church age and Christ coming back. Something that's something to do with the millennium, what, what, what took place there. It's, it's, it's a, for every Bible doctrine, there's a typology in the Bible. John chapter four. What are you saying, preacher? I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to go after the lost. I go after the lost. I go after the lawyers. I go after, I was at Pacific Garden Mission, uh, pastor, and, and uh, I got a guy, and the, and the, and the guy, and the, and the, and the liberals at the mission kicked him out because he was a drunk. Uh, Gee, Wally, hello. Uh, drunk at the rescue mission? Hello. Kick everybody out. Well, he kicked him out, and I went, and I said, hey, man, what's your name? He said, my name is Claude Govia. I said, where are you from? He said, I'm from Sicily. I'm, I'm Italian. I, I, yeah. I said, can you cook? Ah, could I cook? I'm a five-star chef. You're a five-star chef? Yes, yes. I said, go cook me, uh, cook, cook me something. He brought me a sandwich to the office. I don't know what it was. It looked like a Dagwood sandwich. I said, is it clean? You ain't got no bugs or rat on there, do you? And uh, long story short, I called Lester Roloff. I said, Roloff, I got a five-star chef on the streets, a drunk. A, he's a, he ran to Sheridan Motel. He said, get him on the plane and hung up. Didn't buy a ticket. He just told me to get him on the plane. Ching, ching, here we go again. If you're going to help somebody, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you time. You may, you may have somebody in here out preach me, but you're not going to get nobody out truth me. I sent him down the, the great Lester Roloff and, and uh, Roloff called me up about two months later, Pastor. He said, Jack, where's that chef at? I want him to cook for the governor of Texas next week. And he had, you hadn't showed him up. I said, Roloff, he showed up the next day. I, I bought a stinking ticket. You owe me 250 He said, I'll give it to you in heaven. I hung up the phone. I said, I said, before he left, I said, there's five homes on the property. I said, somebody's hiding that dude because he's a chef. Sure enough, the men's home had him hit on the back lot. They wouldn't, they wouldn't let him go. They wouldn't let him go. He's cooking pies. I mean, I mean, stuff at first bite to half moon, second bite to totally eclipse. He's gone, brother. And they're having fun with it. And Boloff said, uh, called him over there and said, look, I want you to cook some quail. Boloff would go out and get his quail. He'd, he'd shoot 100, 200 quail at, uh, on, the, on the island down there with the dogs. I said, Boloff, you can't, you can't shoot 100 quail. He said, uh, I'm Brother Roloff. They don't care. He thought he was, when you're in the will of God, you're immortal. He brought that guy in. He called me back. He said, where'd you get this guy? I said, Roloff, he ran a five-star motel in Italy. He's a drunk. He said, I know it, Claude Govia. He said, but, but Brother Roloff, I, 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 I'm trying to imitate him. He said, he said, Brother Patterson, he's my friend. I, I like him. He's, he's my friend. He, said, he was 75 years old. Roloff called me back. He said, I, he cooked that quail, the best quail I ever had in my Christian life. I found him on the streets of Chicago, the drunk. Ah, a bunch of drunks, get rid of them. Hmm. Why don't you get rid of the Apostle Paul who murdered Christians? But he gave you 14 books of the Bible. Amen. Claude Govia. He's up in glory now. He came down to the mission. I had him cooking over to the guys. 
I went down on a mission. They made me the mission director. I walked in some of the coolers and freezers. They had meat. They had lamb chop. They had steaks hanging down on, 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 on the hooks in the mission. They wouldn't give it to the mission men. I changed all that. They cut my tires. They broke my windshield at the mission. But I was standing up for the men and women of the mission. He's gonna, you're going to help somebody. It's going to cost you something. The purpose of the church ought to be a hospital. Hey, what are you coming here for? You got a messed up life. Welcome to the hospital. It's a spiritual hospital. Where did your kids call? You'll go to the pastor. And then you're going to say, hey, would you call Brother Jack? Can you, can you help us on this? I know about the hospitals. I started about 15 homes around the country. About seven of them are still running. I don't, I don't run them. I don't know everything. I'm still teachable. That's, a, that's one of the points of success. Stay teachable. Right. You're not teachable. You're not reachable. Let me give you these points. We'll, we'll go to house. Number one, I want, I want to seek that which is lost. Uh, number two, I'm going to bring back that which was br- driven away. There's probably members here that, that are left out of here. Every, anybody ever go knock on the door and talk to them about, you know, if they're disgruntled and hard to get along with, leave them alone. Maybe someone got offended. Maybe got some uh, bugs in them or something. Uh, do you ever go talk to them? Hey, pastor, can you give me some cards to go visit somebody? He'll, he'll give you a whole stack of them. You know, I went a lot of my converts at McDonald's, Dunkin' Donuts. I go out there in, in the car a lot, go out there and talk to them. You'd be surprised how many preacher's kids I catch out there, uh, preacher's daughters, caught up in, caught up in the net. Would, would you pray for me, preacher? Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? I got to hurry. I would strengthen that which was sick. I would bind up that which is broken. I got a guy come in one day. I'm done with this. And uh, his wife had uh, committed suicide. and He ended up in a mental ward in Dalton, Georgia. And Je- uh, Brother Olaf said, if, uh, if I die and you get in trouble, I want you to call Lee Robertson. He said, Lee Robertson will help you. You tell him I said to call you. That's how I knew Lee Robertson. Lee Robertson was a friend of sinners. Most preachers and pastors are. You got to get an appointment with them. They had Tommy Rod. Go get them. They're breathing. They're reachable. Lee Robertson uh, tried to help this guy. Um, well, let me back you up a little bit. This guy uh, was in Brother Olaf's office one day, and he got a phone call from a, from a, from a hitman from the mob out of Dalton, Georgia. I'm telling this story because it's over now. It's, it's the contract's been lifted. And, uh, and this hitman told Brother Olaf, he's got a contract to kill one of your boys on the island. He came down to the end of the coastal and took a picture of him fishing, laying down there looking for him, scouting him out. They're professionals. Got a, court, a quarter of a million contract on him. He sold a bunch of drugs in Dalton, Georgia. Dalton, Georgia is the carpet uh, capital of the world, of the world in Dalton, Georgia. They make it. He said, don't let this guy come home. I said, so why are you telling me that? He said, I told my mother I was in Corpus Christi. And I said, he said, you're going to go see my preacher, Lester Roloff, on the radio. He's my hero. And that's why I'm calling you. He said, I'm going to get rid of the contract and disappear. Don't, don't let that guy go back for another year. It'll be, it'll be taken off the table. Long story short, the guy who he went home and got maxed up again, his own wife took her life. I'll keep it clean for the kids here today, but uh, did it in front of her kids. He left, and this guy ended up in a mental ward. This guy called Lee Robertson. Told him about Brother Law said, if you ever messed up your life, you called Dr. Lee Robertson. Tell him I said, and Lee Robertson helped people. He was a people man. He tried to get me moved there with my ranch in 94. I didn't listen. I got a sermon called Some Mistakes I Made. That was one of them. Long story short, uh, this guy named Teddy. He gets out and he comes in to see Lee Robertson out of the mental ward. 
Dalton, Georgia, from Millersville, Georgia. And Lee Robinson put his whole life together in about an hour. He said, young man, what you need to do is come back to Bible college and, and get your earned degree. And this young man finished up where he was at, the mental ward, to come in and uh, he ended up going to Bible college at uh, Tennessee Temple University. And he called me, he said, uh, he always called me JP, J.K. McKay. He said, uh, he was Jerry West. He can pass that ball. Man, was he good. And uh, he said, he said, JP, I'm graduating in a month. I want you to come to Tennessee Temple and watch me graduate. 52 years old. He got sidetracked for about 20 years, but he graduated. But his wife died on him and so forth. He messed his life up. And Dr. Robert says, uh, you know, Teddy, he says, uh, uh, you may not be able to go minister to the big lights like you planned, but God's got little lights all over the world. You can see right here in Chattanooga, there's jails all over here. And I know all the jail uh, sergeants and captains, many of our graduates are, are working in those jails. I can get you in the jail ministry and keep you busy till Jesus comes. He stayed doing that for 25 years of going to those little jails on Saturday and on Monday preaching to them. That was, he was the pastor of that jail. See, he wasn't, he wasn't going to quit. The test of your character is what would it take to stop you? I'm done with this statement. He goes in and sees Lee Robinson again. He said he wanted to finish. He graduated. And uh, I'll see him, I'll see him in uh, probably about three weeks. He's 82 now. He can't walk. His legs are messed up. He's retired now. But he did something with his Christian life. He knew there was something more important than just getting saved. You know what some of y'all need to do tonight? Some of, you need, some of you need to come old-fashioned altar and say, God, I'm going to get busy passing out tracts, and I'm going to get, and starting with you dads, you set the example. You moms set the example. I'm going to learn how to go soul winning. I'm going to get with my pastor. I want you to teach me what, to, what the plan is. I want to do something. I want to imp- implement that in my life, and I'm going to learn how to get them to save and bring them to church and get in a class and start teaching young converts how to grow. This is your generation. It's your, it's your time to shine tonight purpose of the church. Don't just win them. Salvage them. Salvage them. Salvage them. I'm asking you tonight. I need some, we need some people tonight. I didn't talk to him. He don't ever talk, ask me about nothing when I'm preaching. He wants, he know he trusts me and I thank him for, for that. But tonight I wanted to help him. Tonight I wanted to help you. My guys come in and teach them how to be soul winners. I teach them how to give the missions. My girls are so winners. I mean, I had some blunt. Read this. You're going straight to hell if you don't get saved. I said, hey, you got to have some tact. <laughs> girls, are, girls are rough now. But they said it. They said it. Shall we stand? Father, thank you for the Bible tonight. God, I pray that you take home this simple truth. And Lord, we need some moms and dads at the old-fashioned altar tonight. We need some teenagers. We need some, we need some in their 20s. And uh, they're so young and vibrant. So, Lord, I want to I, I want, I come start leading people to Christ. I want to I come, Lord, I want to go out and start helping the broken. Lord, I want to help them uh, to, to grow in grace and spend time with them and put, uh, take them out to lunch and teach them the Christian life and teach them how to win souls for Jesus Christ. I'm asking you to do something tonight. Once you get somebody's name and face and bring them to the altar tonight, would you do that? Your neighbor, the guy down at the garage, the guy at Walmart. You talk to them all the time. You talk to them all the time. Where you work at, probably the one that's giving you the biggest problem is one that needs to get saved. What about it tonight? Would you do something tonight? Father, bless the invitation. Pastor.